Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners, and here we are on this Speaking from Our Hearts podcast. Today, I'm joined by a lady all the way from the Swiss Alps by the name of Janet Groom. Janet, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Paul, for inviting me um, to do this podcast. I'm very excited and it's a a pleasure. Thank you. And we spoke a little bit off air, um, Janet, didn't we, about the the challenge that we're going to have now um, is trying to keep our conversation within a sort of 30 minute snappy time frame because when I look at um, um, you know the 10 the 10 ways to use writing and words to boost your well-being and transform your life as part of your right to heal uh, write as in scribe to heal book Janet I, I look at those 10 and I think wow we could probably delve into sort of two or three hours on each of those I'm very passionate about all those aspects so do you want to kind of set the scene for us um Janet, maybe a good starting point is introducing Right to Heal. Oh, thanks, Paul. Yeah, Right to Heal was the book that um, I felt called to write earlier this year. I actually started it last year, but it actually came out this year. And it's very um, poignant to me because... I've gone through my own challenges, as many people have, who are probably listening to the show as well, is I went through the trauma of dealing with infertility. And I was diagnosed in my early 20s. And really for the next three decades, that's right, 30 years, I basically shut down and, you know, buried my head in the sand about it because the pain was just too horrendous and I didn't get a chance to talk about it. I had no counseling. My family just didn't understand. And it was really traumatic for me. So I shut down about that. I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't express that. And it was only really a couple of years ago when we actually moved up into the, the Alps here. I'm just looking out the window and we've got a little snow here on the mountains. Um, and it was at that point my real serious healing journey started and I found my way back to writing because books and words have always been important to me and it was finally at that point I've talked about writing a book called The Naked Knitting Club for some 15 years and it was at that point my husband said to me would you write the damn book (laughs) and I mean sitting up here is probably the perfect place to write and I finally allowed myself and give myself permission to do that and I realized doing that was one of the a huge healing step for me because I, I just seriously stepping into my creative power, finding the words, creating the story. But it was also the connection with the, the main character. And that writing my book was such a healing step for me, such a powerful, in-depth layer 
that then I was like going, okay, but I've also, as a transformational life coach, I've also worked with a lot of clients using different writing techniques. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to write a book on it. So that's what I did. So it's 10 ways to use writing and words to boost your well-being and transform your life. So what better what better place to start then, uh, Janet, on the first one, create your life mission statement. And <laughs> just before you, you open up on that, Janet, um, the, the, one of the essences of speaking from our hearts as a, as a podcast is to is for listeners to gain real practical insights on, on how it, you know, as you've termed, um, to boost your well-being and transform your life. And so, you know, it's not that we don't sometimes get involved in academic or philosophical debates around X, Y or Z, but it's about offering those real snippets of, okay, so create your life mission statement and that how that will contribute towards changing your life in a positive way. Absolutely. For me, it's a starting point because so many people I talk to or have worked with, they've just got lost on their, their path in life. And some people you ask, you know, what do you want? And they really don't know anymore. They, they just are so, they've got confused. They've got sidetracked by life as that as often happens. And I, I feel it's a good starting point to realize where you want to go, who you are, and what you want or wish to achieve in your life. And that's a very powerful place to be is once you get that down, you know where you're going. It gives you then the direction, the purpose, the drive. And I felt that it was an important place to start. And it's one of those things people go, oh, but you know, if I write it down, then I have to like 100% commit to it. And then I have to follow that. And what happens if it changes? And I go, that's okay. It's not set in stone. And it's one of those things that we can review, you know, every maybe set every year to go through it because we're on a journey. And it's merely a direction. It's merely given us the plan. So I felt it was a good place to start. It's an excellent place to start, Janet, isn't it? It becomes kind of our guiding light. You know, will that, will the luminary from that light change? Of course it will. Yeah. Is it, you know, is it casting concrete? Of course it isn't. Uh, but it's something to work towards, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a bright intention, as I like to call it. I like that. Bright intention. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So moving on to the second one of your ways then. Janet, gratitude and being thankful. Tell us a, a little bit about that. I think this is actually one of the key parts in the book because so many, again, in life, there's a lot of negativity around us and so many people have fallen into that negative mindset. And one of the most, and I know because I was there, <laughs> I know for a long time I was there, and it was only through starting to look at the small things every day that made me feel happy or made me feel lighter because this was an important part also of my healing journey. The, the, the point of which I went, okay, I, I'm fed up with this, enough is enough of this suffering and just being zombie-like. And you know, looking for the small things, it's that 
you know, that adage, if we say, you know, taking the time to smell the roses, so, so important because we can all look and we see so much of the negativity around us and that weighs us down and makes us spiral down into that negative mindset, which, you know, takes us down into those areas of, for some of us, depression. And it was for me starting to look and appreciate just the little things that made a difference every day in my life. And that really boosted my joy. And I found bliss again. Those are words I love, joy and bliss. Um, and they, it made a huge, huge difference. It made that shift from negativity to positivity. And that's important. That's key. Just picking up what you said there, Janet, about the words you'd love to use, because that nicely, very smoothly segues into the third one around self-talk. Because isn't it true that the words that we tell ourselves um, are so critical? And, and I think it's fair to say that most people probably don't appreciate the the significance of, of, of self-talk, be that good, bad or indifferent. So just give us a little bit of an insight into into self-talk um, and probably number four, because I feel that these beliefs and limiting beliefs, um, Janet, because I feel that these two can't very, very strongly go hand in hand. They, they absolutely do. And um, self-talk, again, you know, for myself, I know for when I was in that cycle, and particularly, as I say, because of the infertility, I just felt I was useless. Um, I couldn't do the one thing that, you know, women seem to be able to do naturally. And I put myself for years and years and years, I would always put myself down. I, you know, <laughs> what I was saying in my head to myself, if someone else dared to say that to me, I'd slap them. Um, and here I was, you know, my own worst enemy. And I know so many people who are doing exactly the same thing. The words and the, the statements that we're saying in our heads, it, it really is, it's, it's frightening actually. And when you start to realize it and you start to become aware of it, then you can start to change it. But some people are so much as I was in that cycle that you, you just weren't even aware of it. It just was something that was going on all the time you couldn't seem to stop it and it, i think sort of this is important and that's why i wanted to put it in the book was to start making people aware of what they are saying to themselves and you're right it does connect with your belief systems as well because you know if you're telling yourself negative things all the time you're you're starting to believe that you're believing that you're useless that you're you know you're not worthy you're you have no value, you have no purpose, when that is, you know, that is not true. But because of all of this going on, this continuity of it, it just, you know, it wears you down to believe that you are not capable, you're not, you're not worthy of love, for example. And absolutely, self-talk is so key, but the first step is being aware of it and starting to listen awareness what a beautiful word that is um i'm just going to plant a seed janet around abc um listeners from previous episodes will probably be on this but i want to plant it with you as as uh, you know as a valued guest just to plant the abc concept with you and, and you've just reinforced the first one the a is all around awareness and 
I put that in the context of uh, the very first podcast I did was mastering life is as simple as ABC and the A is the awareness because we don't know what we don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that is actually something that I've got in the book. I've talked about the ABC approach. And the first thing is, yes, becoming aware. The second thing is obviously is breaking that cycle. So once you become aware of it and you hear it, then you need to create a break or a pause in that, so break. And then I talk about C being for change and it's almost like switching it from that, you know, negative voice in your head to your inner cheerleader. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. That was one of the things that's in there, the ABC approach. Well, which since when you start... Yeah, well, sorry, well, Paul. So, sorry, John. Sorry, you, you carry on. Yeah, when you start to become aware and listen and then you, you realise, okay, I've, oh, wow, look at what I'm saying to myself. Take that break, that pause, and switch it around. And what would my best friend, what would my inner cheerleader say instead and switch it around? And that's, that's a very powerful strategy to start to implement. And even some of us who've gone through that and are fairly good at now, you know, changing our, our self-talk, sometimes you still have to remember that because it's so easy to fall back into that, that negative trap again. Yeah. Um, so now you've kind of, <laughs> you've delved into that a little bit, Janet. May I probably just best to sort of give my my slant on my ABC and it's the A for awareness. Number four in your list, beliefs, is um, is my B. And my C is creativity, which is the power of creativity is your penultimate 10th uh, way. So it's interesting how we're, you know, not totally aligned there, but um, very, very close, very close. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so... Moving on to the fifth one then, Janet, clarity and decluttering your mind. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm someone, I know that I'm a thinker and, and I've often spent too much in my head overthinking, overanalyzing. And I remember for a job, for various jobs that I've, I've done in the past, I've had a very checkered uh, career path and I was always very analytical which I always took to be such a great thing that I was very proud of. But actually, it was both my strength and my weakness because I would also overanalyze every single thing in my life and my brain just would never stop. And I find it just overwhelming. And it would keep me, again, pushing me down. I would be ever sort of looking, you know, if something happened, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? If that comes up again, blah, blah, blah. It was just never ending. And I find that helping, finding ways to clear my mind really helped me to sleep better. And that was important because when you don't get enough sleep, it just gets worse so i find that different ways of decluttering my mind was to clear out some of the things that were basically oh not like hamster wheel going round and round in my head i would use lists so if i knew there was things in my mind that i was responsible for that needed to be get done both at home and at work i would create lists and that used to be okay if it was on the pad I wouldn't forget it. You know, I also 
you know, find other strategies for, you know, I'm the one in the house who remembers all the birthdays, all the special events and things like that. So again, I found a system that worked for me so I could take that out of my mind. And it was just finding little ways of just taking certain things that were taking up space in my mind and taking them out. And that really then, as I said, helped me to start to get better night's sleep. And that was, that was, that was pretty critical, I think, at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, the basics of life for all of us, Janet, I mean, you know, we're talking real basics, but, you know, the need for water, hydration and the need for sleep. And I think, you know, certainly from a lot of conversations I have with people, particularly, um, dare I say, high flying executives, I haven't got time to sleep. I haven't got time to eat. Mm, haven't you? Right. OK. Something will give. And invariably it does. Exactly, exactly. And I, I know, it, it, particularly I had a sort of quite a demanding job as a project manager and IT manager at the time. And there was just always so much stuff to, to think about. And, you know, by using these simple techniques, it really, really did help, help me. And also learning the power of delegating to other people. You know, ultimately, other people have to take responsibility and yeah, all of that just really helped clear clear my mind. Just the little steps, mm. but implementing them made a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about intentions and desires, Janet. <laughs> I, yeah, I put this in here because for me, we talk often when you're dealing with life coaching and stuff, you talk about setting goals. And certainly as a project manager in the past, I know all about setting goals and smart goals and all of that measurable and everything. However, for me, I've now sort of changed direction to more about being intentions, that we have a strong intention to do something or wish to do something. And this is more where I'm more attuned to listening to my heart as opposed to the head that now it's it's getting a lot more um space these these days um that tuning into what is actually the right thing for me and that's where it feels a little bit different with intentions because it's more for me heart-based whereas goals to me are very that masculine energy of being very driven very competitive and that's very much to me the head space and for me, I felt it was more like to really tune into yourself and find out from your heart, your intentions, your soul, what's right for you as a person on your path, on your life journey. Listening, I mean, for on a personal level, I massively, massively agree with what you've just said um, there, Janet, because one of the things that I created have created developed is an intention blueprint and it's what in old money people will call a business plan but without all the formalities and the rigid structure of you must do this and and and, and it's an interesting one janet not just on this element but one of the elements that contributed to that massive need for flexibility in business planning uh, and in life planning let's not discriminate between the two um, is the fact that sort of my time in professional football or or in sport generally, you know, we take a we take a, an instruction from a manager or you know, and I gave these instructions myself when in later years I become a manager, and we'd have a game plan, 
So whether we're playing football or sport generally or whether we're in business, we've got a game plan. And so just in the context of the football, so we might be playing away from home and, you know, it's a two-legged game. And so the tactic might be, right, play defensive for the first half, keep it tight, keep it at nil-nil. Second half, venture a little bit more into the uh, into the middle third of the field, you know, creating the, uh, the, the, uh, the territory and dominate that, that kind of middle area and then just work towards pinching a goal and then once you've got that goal, shut up shot. So we're 1-0 in front, right, 11 people back behind the ball now and then we'll take that back to our place um, and we should be able to win at home. So that's a great theory and that's a kind of obvious one, particularly in football, um, a very simple one. Fantastic, lovely theory. Right, okay, so we've just crossed the white line, the referee's blown his whistle, Two minutes into the game, bang, we're 1-0 down. That wasn't in the script. Now what do we do? Um, I tell you what, let's go and get that goal back. So we push up and we leave gaps at the back. Ten minutes, we're two goals down. Right, okay, now we're sitting. So I just use that as a metaphor for, yes, we can write we can write things on uh, rigidly on paper in terms of goals and what have you, but it doesn't allow for real life. Yeah, I know you can factor in contingencies, but there's no substitute for literally living in the moment, thinking on your feet, or more importantly, feeling from your heart rather than thinking um, thinking from the head as you've alluded to, Janet. So I wholeheartedly agree with what you've, what you've said there. So it's a critical point, isn't it? Intentions rather than, you know, necessarily rigid goals or plans. Exactly. And I think even just the word intentions, as you know, I'm a big word person. Intentions feel so much lighter to me. The goals always felt heavy. And, you know, uh, you know, anyone who's worked in the corporate world before and you've often got these where you have to set goals every year and it just felt such a heavy thing to do. And for me, it's always been, you know, I've stepped away from that. And when I found, you know, this word intention instead, it just felt so much lighter. And it, it, it resonates more with me that I can feel more aligned and more attuned with my passion. Because, I mean, I've mentioned there about intentions and desires, but really it's about the passion. So what, what drives your passion? What do you love? What do you love doing? So that those two tie together very well for me. Mm. And I hope it does for my readers. Yeah. Well, it certainly did for me, Janet. As I say, you know, um, there's so much I've read of this um, of this um, Right to Heal book because it's, it's something I massively believe in, as you know, um, from my own Speaking from a Heart's book series. Um, the cathartic nature of speaking and, and writing is undeniable. Um, so you're pre you're absolutely preaching to you know I am your ideal customer Janet sign me up. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> um, well, I, exactly. I mean, they just well, there were things that just for me just made such a difference, and I wanted to share them. So yeah. Tell us about self care and self love. Again, I feel that this is on part of the journey, the healing journey. That, and I know for our. In fact, so many women just don't get this. They care about their families. They run around doing everything for everyone else. And then you ask them, well, what do you do for you? And they, they go, well, I don't have time for me. And I look at them and go, wow, wow. 
And then you've got to sort of bring in that analogy of like, okay, you know, you're like on that aircraft and what's the thing they tell you in the safety um, introduction is that, you know, when they, the mask comes down that you have to fit it on yourself first before you can help someone else. And again, I always think of like it being a battery as well, is that, you know, we, you've got a certain amount of energy and you need to keep topping that energy up. Otherwise, you can't help anyone. So self-care and self-love is a really crucial part of the healing process because, you know, if we don't start to learn to take care of ourselves, to love ourselves enough to, you know, let's say, for example, to put boundaries in place, to say no to the things that are not right for us, and, you know, learn to, because I know I'm a, I'm, I'm a big people pleaser <laughs> and I spent a lot of my life pleasing everyone else and the one person I wasn't pleasing was myself. So I've realized how important this is. And as a sort of empath, I'm very much energetically um, influenced that I need to look after myself in order to help other people. So if my energy is high and great, then I can do so much more. And that comes from self-care and self-love. Because I know some people go, oh, but that's, you know, that's being egotistical. That's just putting you in the picture and not caring about it. It's completely the opposite. Completely the opposite. Definitely. I understand that. Forgiveness and letting go. I love that word, letting, those words, letting go. <sighs> yes, exactly. And forgiveness, when you get so far on the healing journey, and this is why it's a little bit further on in the book, is that learning to forgive is one of the massive, massive game changers. Because until we can reach that, that point where we're ready to let go of all of the things, all of the, the it's like we cling on to them. I, I see this like child or a little inner child holding on to all of these grievances and all of these things that traumas and things that have happened. And until we actually reach a place where we can actually let those go. And that's forgiveness. That is forgiving perhaps other people because of events and things that have happened. But it's also one of the key critical parts is learning to forgive yourself. And I know a lot of people have an issue with that that they can't see, well, why do I need to forgive someone else when someone else, no, why do I need to forgive myself when someone else has hurt me? And I go, well, actually, because you've held on to it, because you've allowed it to eat away at you, basically. And it is important as part of the forgiveness process to spend the time just to forgive yourself. So I don't know how you feel about that, Paul. At the risk of sounding to, as you said, egotistical, it's all about me. Yeah. Um, we can only do the work on ourselves. Yeah, you know, um, as individuals, as you say, we're not responsible for anybody else, and, and we're not. I mean, yes, as you know, we might have young children or whatever. You, you know, our responsibility to nurture, feed, clothe, and yeah, I absolutely understand all that. But the reality is, just to go back to the example you used previously, Janet, without us being the best we can be, we've got nothing to give anyway exactly you know exactly we're a second rate diluted version of us of, of our true self so you know um i particularly sort of uh use that 
confrontational approach sometimes, particularly as you quite rightly say with with women, um, with mothers, to say, forget your kids, you're number one. And you can imagine that kind of immediate backlash. You don't know what you're talking about. And um, however, let me explain. And and then when you peel back the logic of you know that airplane, um, you know, mask oxygen mask scenario, it's actually quite logical, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, regarding sort of the the you know letting go, I am a very, I'm a, I have my very active imagination. I see it as you know almost that you're sitting there with a really big, heavy, heavy, heavy winter coat on, and it's a bright summer's day. Mm. It's allowing yourself to take that coat off. And how liberating that suddenly feels and how lighter you suddenly feel by taking that weight off. And I know for me personally as well, and vibrationally, your energy just shifts up a gear. And that is amazing experience. So when people get to that point and they really do the forgiveness work, they will find an incredible change in their lives. Yeah. Uh, and as I say, it's not, you know, somebody said to me that uh, fairly recently about, I can't believe you forgive me. And I said, be under no illusions. It's not for your benefit. Why would I give my power away to you in a in a position of trust that was once abused? You know, I forgive. You know, well, what do you feel about me now? And I said, I don't feel anything. I, I, I literally am neutral towards the situation. Um from a you know there's these two kinds there's two sides to the the coin janet is they're not around the being the you know the more spiritual side and there's the doing the more the more practical side and for me in the case of the latter you're not going to be in a position where you can abuse that trust again but am i going to cling to it no i'm not i've moved on but you know that's about me that forgiveness is about me because why would i allow my my uh my C drive in a computer sense to be full and overloaded and corrupt and so that every program then that I deal with brackets other people I pass that negativity and that toxicity and that and all that stuff onto them and that's nothing to do with them it's nothing to do with me anymore it's about that cleansing isn't it and that letting go as, as, as you've called it exactly and I, I like how you said as well is that you know a situation that was very painful and I know for me around the infertility thing, that was a huge amount of pain. And it's now where I can look at it and it's almost like I'm stepping around it and it, it doesn't have a hold over me anymore. Mm. And that's true freedom. Yeah, because there will always be boulders in the stream, but the water doesn't stop. It will just go round because, you know, when life's in flow, that's what we do. Exactly, exactly. The penultimate one, Janet, the power of creativity. Ooh, very special one. As a writer and author, um, finding my way back to creativity was just such an amazing experience. And I mean, talk to anyone who is in any way creative. And it, I, for a long time, I used to think it was like creative. You had to be able to draw, which I really am not very good at. Um, and then I discovered yet yeah, that my creativity is words. But yet there's people out there, it's music, it's dancing, it's gardening, 
there are so many different levels to creativity. I mean, my, my husband, for example, would say he is so not creative, but yet he's a great cook. Um, and that's his creativity. And I see when he steps into the kitchen, it's like the weight of the world falls away and he steps into his passion. And that's where creativity takes you. It takes you into your imagination, into your passion, something that you truly love and enjoy. And that's where the magic happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we could just on that one, you know, if, if, if somebody said, OK, guys, you're out of those 10, you can pick one that you, you do. A, you know, what would be a priority for a, for a follow up podcast? For me personally, Janet, it would be around that that creativity because that, you know, that is we could go not just us, but anyone could go absolutely anywhere with that, couldn't they? By definition of it being creative. Exactly. It's exactly. And I think this is when we see people and I know for, for myself in the corporate world, um, I didn't have time or space for creativity. I mean, it just felt like a waste of time. You know, OK, I appreciate music. I appreciate art, but it just wasn't something that I felt that I needed to do. It was like, you know, the artistic types do. And then it's now Along the healing journey, I've realized that creativity is part of a key part to our soul. And when we heal enough and allow that creativity in, it just opens a door to, as I say, I keep telling you the word magic, to just completely new experiences. And you can see, I've seen it with other people that when they finally step up and go, you know, maybe they've talked about for years, you know, oh, I'd love to learn to paint. And they've held that little, you know, desire that they've wanted to do that. And they've never given themselves permission to do that. And then they finally do this, you know, go and join uh, maybe a, an artist group or something. And then suddenly, you know, a couple of months later, they're, they're producing this art and they're, they're amazed themselves at what they've managed to achieve and they're enjoying it and the freedom that it brings to them. You know, it is totally the next step, the big step, a big step. So definitely creativity. So knowing everything that we know now, Janet, last but certainly not least by any stretch of the imagination, rewrite your life story. <laughs> yeah, I know that I, I've had a couple of people say to me, but you can't do that because your, your story is your story. And I went, yeah, that's great. How's that story serving you? And they go, well, and I, I know how my old story didn't serve me. And I went, you know what? It's okay. But then they go, oh, but I feel like I'm lying. I'm, and I'm going, you're doing this for you. You're letting go. And by, you know, changing the story that you're telling yourself is that's where things will really change because you're going to let go. You're going to disassociate with the old story. It won't have the same hold over you. And a few people that I've worked with who have done that you know, they were very, as I say, reticent at the beginning. And then they got really into it. And they would write like volumes of this like new, lovely, shining story of how they would have liked their life to have been. And, you know, they really embrace it. 
And by doing that, then the old story, as I say, just it's almost like it fades away. And the new story, they see it as a sort of, you know, we do some NLP neuro linguistic programming and we see it on the, you know, the, the big screen, you know, technicolor, um, beautiful sound, surround sound. And they really can step into that and embrace it and be part of it. And yeah, that's that's again, freeing healing to do that as as we come towards a close now, Janet, I, um, as I do with guests, I always ask a very big question at the end. But I want to park that for a moment because I feel that as a little bit of a, you know, we did say uh, we're dancing here um, with with duality. And um, so as part of that little tease on the dance floor, if you will, if that's an appropriate metaphor, I just want to park that for a moment and uh, and say, how can people reach out to you, find out more about you? You know, what, what, what's your website? Tell us about your books, the contact details. You know, what essentially are your contact details to be able to reach out to you, Janet? Okay, the easiest place to get hold of me is on my website. It's www.janetgroom.com. And it's groom without an E. It's just the, like bride and groom. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably that's the, the best place. I am on Instagram and the usual social media and Facebook as well. But if you go to the the website, you've got everything there, the books. Um, I also do a podcast so you can get get that there. And yeah, just a little bit more about me as well. Excellent. Superb. So my, my question to my big question to you, Janet, is this. I mean, obviously, you've given us, um, you know, t- 10, 10 ways there to use writing and words. If you had to pick one of those 10 or maybe something as a message to the word that isn't part of those 10 or, or, or maybe it is, what would be your one defining message more than anything to pass on to the world? And you can call that your legacy. You can call it what you will. But what would be that one in boxing terms, Janet, that one knockout punch to the, to the world, that message? It's to live your truth. To be authentically yourself. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can do. So if you do all the healing work, the forgiveness work, you'll find your way to being who you truly are. And by definition, to me, that is we are all love. Superb. Absolutely superb. Janet, I want to thank you for your time and the wonderful, you know, for me, in my humble opinion, to right to heal. It is an absolutely top class book because in all my own personal, um, my own personal journey, there's so much stuff I can relate to there. And I went through certainly quite a, a few years of being skeptical about hocus pocus, fluffy theory that how are you going to change my life then from addiction and violence and limiting beliefs and, you know, and all this kind of stuff that's real. You, you, you guys don't understand. You put all this fluffy stuff out there and you think the world's going to be a beautiful place. I've got to say, Janet, that this book offers very, very inspirational insights, but it's based on um, what, I, what I call being the more spiritual side and doing the more practical side. And it knits the, the two together. In fact, it's spirit in action. So my humble gratitude to you for, you know, for penning this and putting it out there, Janet. Oh, thank you, Paul. And thank you ever so much for inviting me to to talk about it because it's so important to me. Um, I'm someone that's it's 
uplifting messages out of hope out into the world and of love out into the world is as I feel it's my my purpose my mission in in life and this has been a great opportunity thank you ever so much listeners as you know at this point I normally um, sign off with the with my with my signature around um, whatever you do in life always walk your path with heart and I suppose I've just done that but actually I haven't because I want to I want to officially sign off now by quoting some words from from Janet's website instead and I'll and it's this our words give us wings to take flight and soar above the clouds to the heavens above hearts helping everyone achieve results towards success